Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to contemplating how God's preached word impacts every moment of our lives. This sermon was preached at Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska by Pastor John Rasmussen. Continuing in our Save to Serve series, uh, talking about the theme of worship today, what it means to be saved, to serve God in worship. Uh, Before we do that, I just want to go back a little bit in time, just to last week. Uh, Sometimes it can be hard to think about what even happened last week. Uh, But if you can recall last week, uh, we talked about Acts chapter 2. Do you remember that? Acts chapter 2, about how after the, the great feast of Pentecost, that God poured out his Holy Spirit upon the church, uh, creating this body of believers. And do you remember how uh, the believers had everything in common, right? They were all gathered around the same things. Do you remember what some of those things were? Uh, we had the, uh, the apostles' teaching, which is now uh, the scriptures, uh, the New Testament. Uh, they were gathered around the fellowship. They were gathered around the breaking of bread. Many people think that means the Lord's Supper. And then also they were gathered around the prayers. So there's these things that, that are being shared in by the church. Uh, and so that's what it means to be together as the church. Pastor Tim talked about how uh, the church is not just a voluntary association of like-minded people that just get together because we like to necessarily, but rather we're called together through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is calling a very diverse group of people together, people who may not really have much in common outside of these doors. We all have one thing in common as the Holy Spirit gathers us around Jesus and his gifts. So today I want to go into this theme of how we are saved to serve God in worship, which of course includes a lot of things like the apostles' teaching, that's what we're doing right now, uh, the, uh, the breaking of bread, we'll do that next week, and then also the gathering for the prayers. Uh, so in talking about worship, what I want to do today is I want you to see worship in a different light than maybe you've seen worship in the past. And we're going to use John chapter 15, our gospel reading, uh, to do that, where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, before we get uh, too deep into the sermon, I just want to share with you something that I think is interesting. Have you ever wondered why we call worship a service? I mean, you can go uh, and, you know, have your taxes prepared at a tax-preparing service, right? Or you can go get your, uh, your car serviced, right? That word service has kind of a wide meaning. Uh, so why do we call this a worship service? Well, what's interesting is that in uh, the New Testament, in, in the Greek language, the word for worship and service is actually the same word very often. And so we see this reflected in uh, the, uh, some verses as they're translated a little bit differently. So you have the King James Version, uh, the King James Version from uh, back in the 1600s, and then you've got a more modern translation, the English Standard Version. So let's compare these. I want you to see how the word service and worship are used as the same word. So in the old uh, King's English, uh, present your body a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But here in the ESV, the translation that we use for preaching and Bible study, 
It says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So that word, worship and service, is used the same. I'll give you one more example uh, from, um, from Hebrews chapter 12. If we were to continue reading in our epistle reading today, uh, we would hear this in the old King James, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And a more modern rendering would be, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Once again, those words are used in a similar way. Now, you can see why we call it a worship service, right? Uh, it's because we, uh, that word is used the same way. In fact, Lutherans have a very specific name for our worship services. We call it the divine service. And so right now, today's worship service is divine service setting one out of the hymnal. Uh, we call it divine service uh, because that word is used in Scripture uh, as the word for worship. Now, when I first became a Christian, you know, back in early high school, I started going to church consistently really for the first time in my life. And uh, the church I was going to was kind of a non-denominational kind of Baptist church. And the worship service kind of went like this. Uh, you found a nice comfy chair, kind of like movie theater seating. Uh, and then uh, there was a big stage, you know, maybe like some... Uh, some nice lighting. It was almost kind of like a concert venue, right? And then uh, you would begin the worship service with a prayer. Somebody would stand up and pray. You'd do song, 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 really long sermon, <laughs> like 45 minutes. Uh, next time you think Pastor Tim and I preach long, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Uh, and then you'd have a song and then a prayer and you're done. So it was pretty much like singing, a little bit of prayer, and a long message. And so uh, in, that, uh, in that environment of worship, I kind of got the impression that worship was something that I do. So I go to church, and I worship God. I lift up my hands. I worship God. I give God my heart in worship. I sing the songs with gusto, right? I give myself to God in worship. And that's kind of the way it was spoken about. You know, the worship leader would stand up and say, let's give our hearts to God in worship. Let's offer to God our worship and praise. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's all right and good. But it neglects something really important, which leads me to my first point. That worshiping God, that worship is about God serving you before it's about you serving God. So I want you to kind of flip that upside down, right? We might think of worship as us giving God something. But in reality, worship is first and foremost about God giving you something. I mean, think about our salvation, right? Uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, to serve and to lay his life down as a ransom for us. Our salvation includes not us giving God something, but rather God giving us something because we're completely bankrupt. We need God to give to us before we can ever give back to Him. Or I think about Ephesians chapter 2, right? That you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This is not your own doing. It's not by works so that no one can boast. It's about what God does for you. And yes, we are going to do good works because God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, but we can't do those good works. We can't give anything to God or our neighbor unless he first gives to us. Worship is first and foremost 
about God giving to us, about God serving us before we ever serve God. What we need to remember is that God doesn't actually need anything from you or me. He doesn't need anything. Did you know that? That God is completely complete, even apart from creation. Before anything ever existed, if all of a sudden nothing existed, God would be fine. He would be completely complete. In fact, our worship does not add to His being, and our lack of worship does not take away from His being because He is completely complete, sufficient by Himself. And yet He serves us in worship, inviting us to freely give our worship back to Him, not because He needs it, but because we need it. So just a visual here, I think this helps us to understand what's going on first and foremost in worship, is that God gives and we receive. Let's say that together. God gives and we receive. You know, uh, I remember the first time that I went to a a Lutheran church service, I thought, what in the world is going on? This is weird. (laughs) This is not my normal song, 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 sermon, song, prayer, see you later. It was kind of an odd experience for me. I remember, I think it was at a a church in Staplehurst, Nebraska, one of my first couple weeks at Concordia Seward, and I thought, this is really kind of weird. I've never done this before. Uh, But uh, that structure of worship, all these different things going on in worship in which God is giving to us and we're receiving, this goes all the way back to the early church. You know, the things that we do in worship, we didn't just kind of make this up a couple decades ago. But rather, this structure of worship in which God is giving to us, that goes all the way back to the time of the early church. In fact, some of it is even rooted in the synagogue worship at the time of Jesus and the apostles and before that. So to help you understand this, let's go ahead and I want you to put your hands out like this, okay? And I want you to think through the service with me. Here are the ways that God is giving to you and you are receiving. So we began in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when we did that, God was giving to you. He was putting his name on you. He's saying, hey, you're all here and you're mine. You belong to me. Or when uh, Pastor Tim uh, shortly a few moments ago spoke those words that, that our sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, is that not God giving to you something in worship? And you're receiving it. You're saying, yeah, that's mine. Uh, right now, in this moment, God is giving to you. As we heard the Scriptures read and now as we hear them preached, God is giving you the gift of faith and trust in Him. Uh, next week, as we gather to take the Lord's Supper once again, what do we do when we come up to receive the Lord's Supper? Don't we do this? We receive. God gives to us the gift of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ for our forgiveness, for our life. And later on in the service, before we depart, we'll speak those words of benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And once again, God's giving to you and you receive. Okay, you can put your hands back down. But do you see that? That in worship, the primary foundational thing that's happening here is God's giving to you and we're receiving. So in John 15, 5, we get a picture of this. Uh, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
Now, it's obvious that the branch is only living and bearing fruit as long as it has union with the vine. It has to be connected to the vine. The nourishment from the ground up through the roots, up through the vine, has to come into the branch, and then the branch bears fruit. Now, you could, never, you could never imagine the branch producing fruit and then boasting and saying, hey, vine, look at the fruit that I've borne. I did this all by myself. I gave you the gift of fruit. No, it's not the way it works. But rather, the branches only produce fruit as they are connected to the vine, and the branch gives credit to the vine because the vine is serving the branch just as Jesus serves us. And so with worship, the first thing we need to remember is that in worship, we are not active, but rather we are passive. We are receiving the life of Jesus Christ as it flows into us like nourishment flows through a vine and into branches and thus produces fruit. That is the first most important thing to know in worship. Which leads us to our second point. God's service to you in worship leads to your service to Him and others. So yes, we are passive in worship. We receive from God, but we don't remain passive. But rather, God awakens in us faith and trust. As the nourishing life of Jesus flows into us in worship, we then are given the strength to give back to God our worship and praise and then to give to other people as we leave this place. So God says to us in the worship service, he says, you are my people. I love you. And we say, thank you, God. We know. Praise your name. God says to us in the worship service, your sins are forgiven. I freely release you from your sins. And we say, thank you, God. I trust that message. God says to us in the worship service over and over again, I love you. And we say, and I love you too, God. It's this back and forth of God gives to us and then we give back to God as well. So God gives and then we give back. Let's say that together. God gives and we give back. So let's think through the service again. Now, this time I want you to put your hands up. All right, you can do that in church. Put your hands up as if we are worshiping the Lord, right? We're giving to Him. So before we were doing this thing, now we're doing this thing. We're giving back to God. So think about the worship and, and, and this, the worship service and the different times that we do this. So when we sing our hymns and our songs of praise, we're doing this thing, right? We're giving back to God as He's given to us. As we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, we're telling God, yep, we heard you. We believe. We trust your word. We're giving back to Him. As we, uh, as we give to God our prayers and our thanksgivings, that is once again us giving back to God as he's given to us. Just one more because I can see your arms are getting tired. Uh, when we uh, give our offerings, as we place our offerings into the plate, uh, those financial gifts, we are again giving back to God as he has so richly given to us. Okay, you can put your hands down. It kind of burns a little bit. So do you see that, that God gives to you and then you give back to God. It's like breathing. We breathe in the love of God and we exhale thanksgiving and praise to Him. We breathe in the promises of God and worship and we exhale our trust and our gratitude in Him. And so Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, 
You are the branches. Whoever abides or whoever remains in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. We must receive, but once we receive, we give back. We produce fruit. We respond with love to God and love to neighbor. So one of the ways that I like to think about worship is this. You know, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't even offer God your worship and praise sincerely apart from him. It's sort of like when you were a kid. Did you ever buy your mom or your dad a Christmas present? I remember when I was in elementary school, we had this, uh, this uh, time where you could go to the gymnasium at school and you could buy little cheap, you know, one or two dollar gifts for your parents. Uh, so they had like these, uh, these plastic earrings and rings and stuff like that and, and different kind of knickknacks. And, and I got so excited in first or second grade to buy my parents a present, except for one problem. I was straight up broke. <laughs> I didn't have any money. Uh, so what did I have to do? I had to ask mom and dad for money <laughs> from their wallet so that I could buy them a present. That's the way that it works with worship. You and I are broke. We don't have anything. In fact, when it comes to our salvation, the only thing that we contribute is the sin that makes it necessary. We don't even contribute the faith that grabs hold of the gift. God has to give even that. Everything is a gift from the beginning to the very end. And so being as broke as we are, when we come to worship, God must first put the money in our hands, right? And then once he does that, then we're able to give back to him, to give him a gift of worship, to give him a gift of worship and praise and thanks. God first gives, and then we give back. The technical language that theologians use when they talk about this give and back, this give and take in worship is uh, sacramental and sacrificial. Um, sacramental just simply means that God gives to you. You receive. And sacrificial means that you give back to God as he has richly given to you. Um, one of the critiques that, that I have of, of modern worship, sort of, uh, you know, if you go to a lot of churches, um, the way that they're doing worship is this. The critique is that it's so focused on what we give to God. And it's not focused on what God gives to you. Uh, we kind of get things out of order. And that's why in, in the Lutheran church, we're very careful about the way we do worship. We want to make sure that the emphasis is not on what we're doing. That's important, right? But it's on what God is doing for you in worship. Let's practice a little bit. You ready to practice? We can all do this, right? Participate. All right, so I'm going to name a part of the worship service, and you're going to either do this, this is sacramental, we're receiving, or you're going to do this, uh, we are giving back to God sacrificially. Okay, you ready? Let's do a practice one. We'll do kind of an easy one. When we take the Lord's Supper, when we receive the body and blood of Christ in the, the Lord's Supper, is that this or this? It's this, right? That was a pretty easy one. How about when uh, we sing our closing hymn today in worship? What's that? Yep, we're, we're giving back to God 
praising him. How about when we hear the benediction on the way out of church today? What's that? It's this one, right? God's speaking words of blessing over us. We're receiving. How about when we give our, our, uh, our tithes, our offerings, our financial gifts? Yep, that's giving. How about right now in the sermon as you're hearing God's word? Yep, once again, you're receiving. Cool, we got this. That leads me to my last and final point, uh, that worship is as essential to the Christian life as a vine is to a branch. You know, this is just something that a Christian will do. A Christian will worship. A Christian will gather with other Christians. This is just what we do. Now, obviously, things are different right now because of COVID, uh, that, that things are not normal right now, that many of us are gathering uh, from a distance. We're gathering uh, with, a, with a TV or maybe with a smartphone or maybe on our computer. Maybe we're gathering outside of the Sunday hour later in the week. Uh, but the main thing is that we gather around God's word, around his gifts and worship so that he can give to us. Uh, this is essential for us as Christians because when God makes someone into a Christian, he also makes them part of a worshiping community. He makes them branches connected to the vine and worship is the primary place where you receive from the vine. I mean, obviously, we receive from the vine as we're, as we're thinking about God's word, as we're reading the scriptures, as we're coming to God in prayer, as we're being with other Christians outside of the service, yes. But Christians have gathered on the regular over and over again each week to receive that nourishment from the vine. Uh, to connect this to our reading, uh, Jesus talks about how when we are united to him, the vine, that we bear fruit as branches. Uh, but Jesus also talks about really the tragedy of a branch being disconnected from the vine and what happens when the branch is disconnected from the vine and the life that it gives. Uh, the other day I was uh, out working in my yard doing some uh, a landscaping project and I took a little break from the project uh, and I uh, was looking around my yard and I saw that there was this tree that had begun to grow up out of an evergreen uh, uh, on the other side of the yard and I had just kind of missed this. Actually, I had seen it, but for months I thought I should go cut that down and I just hadn't done it. So I thought, well, while I'm taking a break, this is as good as time as any. So I got my clippers, I went over and I clipped this, uh, this little tree that was growing up and then I took it and put it into uh, the waste bin and it was kind of hanging out a little bit because it was pretty large. And then I went back and I, I got to work for about 20 more minutes, half an hour or so, and I took a break and I looked over and already that tree's leaves were beginning to sag. It had been disconnected from the source for not more than a half an hour and already you could see the signs of life leaving it. And that's a picture of why it's so important for us to be rooted and grounded and growing in worship. Because when we're separated from worship, we're separated from the source. Now, now hear me, especially, uh, you know, for those uh, who are watching on TV, who are watching online, uh, that, you know, we're doing that a little bit differently right now, right? Uh, but the main thing is, is that we do it, that we are on and on and on, continuing to be connected with the source. Because when we're, we're distanced from the source, 
our faith begins to atrophy, our trust in Christ begins to grow weak, our love for God and others begins uh, to grow weary and thin. And so worship is essential to the Christian life. It's so incredibly important. One of the experiences of most churches is that there is uh, a thing called the inactive list. Uh, the inactive list is, is those, uh, those branches that, as far as we can tell, are not connected to the vine. Um, maybe they've moved away and joined another church and didn't tell us. By the way, if you ever do that, if you ever move away, just let us know. <laughs> it's kind of helpful to know that um, so that we don't wonder where you are. Uh, but, uh, but maybe they're right here in Kearney and they're just not going to worship. Uh, they're not connected. And ultimately, where their faith stands is, is between them and God. Uh, but as far as we can tell as a church, it's not a good sign when the branches are distanced from the place where we receive life. And so we should have concern about that. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews had concern about that. Remember the reading from Hebrews chapter 10? And let us not uh, neglect meeting with one another, gathering together, which is the habit of some. Apparently there was a developing inactive list in the church uh, that the Hebrews was addressed to. Uh, so this is just a reminder for us that this is so important that we make worship, uh, whether it be here or whether we, uh, we have to quarantine and we're from a distance and we're watching it on TV, that we make worship a priority. It's, it's kind of like if you had a life-saving medicine that you had to receive on the regular to keep you healthy, wouldn't you push everything else out of your schedule so that you could receive that? It's the same thing with worship. Or to think about it more in a relational sense, uh, the person who loves you the most, uh, if that person said, hey, on this date, on this time, on this day each week, I want to spend an hour with you, would you neglect that? Wouldn't you want to connect with that person and spend time with them? How much more the living God? Because God has given you a set appointment each week. He said, hey, I want to gather with you. I want to tell you that I love you. I want to spend time with you. I want to give you my life. I want to nourish you. I want to serve you in worship. It says, you know, that story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Jesus has set an appointment with you each week to wash your feet. Would you not come and have him do that for you? Because as you do, is it not true that you gain strength to go out and serve others as you have been saved to serve? May God, by his Holy Spirit, grant us this 